0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. We are glad that you are here. We are glad that you're here. Come on, how many woke up this morning and felt the change in the temperature? Listen, it was like, I woke up early this morning and it was like, Okay, now it's really time for hoodies. I mean, some of y'all are like, didn't know that it was summer, and you wore them all summer long. But now, it, it's, you, you can get them out and wear them. That's good. Uh, no, seriously, we're excited that you are here. And we believe that, that God uh, is going to to move here today. Like, you know, that's, my, that's our prayer as a staff. That's what we want to see happen, is regardless if you're passing through or you're checking us out or you're you're here and this is your church we're wanting to see God do something in your life and um, I, I just want to say a, just a couple of things um, God is moving in our church uh, we're meeting people and, and people are coming and, and it, it is it is so awesome that this gift has turned into an opportunity to see more people saved and more people discipled because that was the initial intent, and now we're seeing it happen. Come on, let's give God a, the glory for that. Uh, this last week, we we, we, we checked, and uh, different people are watching online uh, cities, states, um, countries like they, they are tuning in and watching what God is doing, and we're starting to get messages from people about how uh, the word, the worship, the ministry here is affecting them. And so uh, will you guys, just real quick, welcome those who are watching online. Come on. Uh, I know many have told me that, listen, uh, which I'm sorry about this, I talk way too fast and you have to go back and watch the, the, the uh, video, and um, I just got a lot of things to say, and so um, I love that that's a resource for people to go back and watch it. Another thing that was kind of just on my heart before I get into what we're going to do is um, it's just so awesome. Those of you who are like, we know that this is your church, and you're here, and you're consistent. Man, I'm just telling you, you don't know what you showing up to church does for somebody else. You know, let's just take, it's easy to take people for granted. But the truth is, there are a lot of good things that we think about a lot of people that sometimes we never say. But the fact that they're just there and consistent and and present for all the people who come and attend and serve and do all the things. Come on, I, I just want to let you know that Katie and I are grateful for you guys, our staff and our team. Come on, give yourselves a hand real quick. Before we begin, I just like turning up the lights. I don't know how long I'm going to do this, so I mean, don't pick our church because of it, but, um, but I do think that it's important for us to turn up the lights and have a moment. We've all worshiped together. But now it's just like, I need you to posture yourself to get yourself ready for what God wants to say to you. So so here's the deal. What if you were in a, a, a business meeting with the Lord and you both sat down at the desk and he was like, I've got some things that I want to tell you. But before I can plant this seed, the ground needs to be a little softer. And we all hear based on, the hurts, habits, and hang-ups that have happened in our life. And so we almost got to get past that in order to let him plant something brand new. Uh, my wife, for a couple years, wanted a tree in her, in the back. And so we had this, like, we live in Pea Ridge. And so they had this, Pea Ridge, come get a tree uh, day. And so uh, we missed it the first two years. And then we finally got one, and we left it in the, uh, I guess, the, the, the tree uh, tub for a while and then we started planting them and I, and I, you know planting something new takes work. Uh, one tree died <laughs> uh, the other one's kind of living that was that was the one I named uh, but this is the idea that if God wants to plant something new in your life he's going to have to break up the ground, dig some things out and plant some new things, and 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 I just don't know if uh, we can receive all that we need to receive from Him if we don't let Him break the ground. So let's just sing this. Robert, will you help us? Tony, let's just sing this. Come on, right where you're at. Just close your eyes. God. Just tell sing Him with with me how great God I need You today. Is our God. Oh, we'll see I don't want to manage my great, life without you. How great is our God? Come on, one more time. How great. Come on, church. Come on, let's sing this out. How great. Come on, I just believe that our eyes are moving for problems me. and pressures and focusing on God. presence. Oh, we we'll see how great. Father, we ask that you would move in this place. Father, we don't want any name higher than yours. Father, we know that you sustain us, that you equip us, that you prepare us. And Father, we're asking that as we open your word, that you begin to start the transformation, that you plant the seeds that would produce new life. In Jesus' name, come on and Everybody said, amen. Come on, one more time. Put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap. Listen, I got two things that I want you to say, real quick. And then uh, we're going to move into this. I want you to look to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, how you living? Come on. How you living? Then I want you to respond to them and say, I'm living free. I'm living free. That's the goal. For all of us as believers to walk in freedom, to be free, I just need to tell you that when believers begin to walk in freedom, everything changes in their life. It's true that when we say, okay, freedom, what what are we talking about I think being free means that you begin to allow God to minister to your soul to your heart and to your mind salvation is a work that happens and spiritually you go from death to life But freedom is a process of spiritual growth, spiritual transformation, because we all have, like I said earlier, hurts from our past, memories, things, moments, uh, heartaches, struggles, hurdles that we're overcoming. We've got these triggers and automatic responses that if we're not careful, we will be saved But yet, we will not move in the concepts of victorious living in our life. Because we're supposed to produce the kingdom of heaven here. Here. That's the challenge. And so, for all of us, letting God do his work. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that we come to church with a a list, like a grocery list, of what we want God to do and how we want him to do it and who we want God to fix. What we actually do is we begin to open our heart and we say, okay, God, I trust you to begin to reach your hands into my soul and begin to shift, move, and heal the things that... That are really, I don't want anybody to know about. I don't want anybody to touch. And I defend with great tenacity. It's where you say, okay, God, I can expose myself, my soul, to you. And I will not be rejected. But I will actually be helped. Last week, the Sexton family, two, two times uh, two weeks out of the year, we do a massive cleaning. And I'm just telling you, it got real up in the Sexton household. So we do it the week before um, school starts. And then we do it the first week of Christmas vacation. And so what we do is we make them pull out everything like they have to closets everything. and so that is when all of the sin is revealed come on somebody yeah like where we've been hiding stuff where stuff has been and I'm just telling you it is so fun uh we you, you're able to see the the, the messy places the out-of-order places the, 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 the there were tears Uh, uh, my kids are starting to call this hell week uh, at the Sexton household. They're like, why in the world would you do this the week before we start school our last week? And I'm like, because it's your last week. (laughs) We're about to start school. And what we found is to get stuff clean, stuff had to be removed. We took like 12 and 13 bags of clothes and shoes so that and I I just so I'm just saying if you're like oh that's a good idea I'm gonna try it we started at four and we gave them a Walmart bag and said fill it up then about seven we gave them a trash bag and said fill it up now I bring the whole roll of the trash bags and I say let's get it all come on yeah so they try on everything they do every it's it's so awesome Uh, they hate it Um, here's the point the process the point is this is that to remove things that don't need to be in our lives takes work it's not always fun but it will always be beneficial so many come to Christ and they make an assumption they assume that receiving salvation is all the healing that they need and yes We are spiritually born again, but we we still have things that we have to overcome, things that have happened to us. Come on, listen, in this life, we face hurdles to living free, and the Bible tells us that once we are saved, that is the start of spiritual formation it tells us that when we get saved and we ask Jesus to be the Lord of our life that we actually start as spiritual babies babies listen we uh, we needed a church because everybody uh, so many people were having babies and so listen when you go out into the hallway and the, and the lobby babies there's so many babies and while we have great vision for all of these babies We're not asking them to be on the parking team today. We're not asking those babies to get up and sing a worship song. We're not asking the babies, come on, listen, to build the next church building. Come on. We're not asking the babies to do. But what we are doing is we're watching all of the parents begin to slow their life down. And pivot on some things that they used to it's so funny watching uh, these young families who used to be so cool and now they got fanny packs come on they got they got they got diaper they got rags they got stuff their, their cars have french fries and come like I see you you know you were so cool and now look at you driving a minivan too you know like is, is it, Here's the thought, is that when you begin to come to church, you have to understand that when you get saved, nobody leaps fro- leapfrogs into maturity. Growth is a process of spiritual discipline and spiritual formation that happens. And so even when we come to church and you see someone in their 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or even 60s or 80s, um, you can look at them and go, Oh wow, you're so mature. But, but externally they have, they may have lived a lot of life. Externally, they may have a lot of information, but internally spirit, they are a certain age. And the Bible says that you only grow into spiritual maturity by allowing God to touch new areas and you can actually be in church 30 years and be two or you can begin to be in church come on and God begin to expand and grow and you get the concept and the concept is that God wants to lead your life he wants you to submit come on listen to his authority he does not want you to suggest he doesn't want to suggest to you I'm making suggestions and if you want to do this and you I kind of take it and leave it No, no 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 it's like God wants to move you out of fear God wants to move you out of anger God wants to move you out of lust God wants to help you grow so that all of the people that are under your leadership or in your relationship can be healthy can be helped come on does that make sense God the goal is for us to become spiritual adults so If you're in a life group, or you hear something, or someone says something, and they act in a way, then it's so funny. Well, I know, I see those Christians. Well, actually, that person got saved six months ago. They're actually a spiritual baby. Stop judging our babies, and come look at some of our adults, and you can see what God is producing. They may not be there yet, but they're on their way. Can we just, come on, does that make sense? We are in a series called Intentional Living, and my assignment today is live free. Let me give you two verses. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8 says this It is the Lord who goes before you. He goes first. I love it. God is always going before you. God is not a leader that makes you go first, figure it out, take the losses, take the hurt, and then tell him about it. He goes first. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Now put any problem that you're having right now in that context. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3 says this, But the Lord is faithful. Come on, everybody say faithful. faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. This, these two verses suggest... That we are on an adventure our faith should be an adventure like we God doesn't have to go before us and protect us and be with us and counsel us when we get dismayed or discouraged and fight off the enemy if we're not doing anything and we're passive there is this idea that passive Christianity will not begin to move you into freedom the verse in Deuteronomy, God is talking through Moses, and Moses is telling the children of Israel, look, God wants us to go into Canaan. I'm not gonna go. Joshua's gonna run the show. He's gonna be the man. And the people are like, What? How can we follow him? I mean, he's great, but he's not, he's not, he's not the big Mo. And Moses breaks it down and says, Look. The God who got us here is the God who will get you there. God is the source and he's using people to empower them to get his people where he wants his people to be. The verse in Thessalonians, Paul was writing to the church because the church was being persecuted. And doubt and fear was running rampant in the church. And Paul is like, listen, I know you may be going something through something hard. But I need you to know that you are not orphaned. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. Stop acting like God doesn't know. That God doesn't see that it is his fault. And realize that you've got to keep your faith why is faith so important because that's really what these verses it's it's telling us what God is going to do so that we keep our faith why did the children of Israel need to keep their faith that God was going to still work why did Paul need to tell the church keep your faith because even though it's hard I need you to believe because the enemy works on you to reject God God's presence and his authority. God he wants God to be a suggestive influence in your life but not authority. Okay? Let me break this down. He the enemy wants you to believe that you are a spiritual orphan. That you made a decision, you're going to follow God, and then he left you out to dry to figure everything out on your own. But that's not what he did. He gave us the Bible. He gave us prayer. He gave us the church. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us, he insulated us with things that we need to be able to navigate this world. The enemy's goal is to tear down God's authority. Why is that important? Because if you don't believe that God will do what he says he's going to do and, and now we're in a world where everyone's wanting to deconstruct and deconstruct the Bible and you know, I don't even know about Jesus. I, I don't, was he really a virgin or did, you know what, I think he and Mary and, eh? and now we're having all of these ideologies and philosophies confusing people. Why? Because the enemy wants you to reject the authority of God. Because if God doesn't have any authority, he doesn't have any trust. If there is no trust, then there will be no faith. And you cannot win in this life and be free without faith. The enemy deceived man and woman. When God created Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden. And here's what happened. God gave dominion. Come on, everybody say dominion. Rulership. That's what that means, rulership. God gave the rulership of this world to Adam and Eve. When they sinned, they gave that dominion and rulership back. Oh, they gave it to Satan. So now the ruler of this world is the enemy. And he gets to do two things being the ruler of this world. He gets to throw darts, and he gets to set traps. And that's what he does over and over again, is he throws darts, and he sets traps, and he throws darts, and he sets traps, and he throws darts, and he sets traps, and he throws darts, and he sets traps. And some of you are like, okay, we get it. You don't get it. Okay? Here's the deal. The enemy is allowed because of the fall to set traps that will get you. This is a big trap. And uh, I'm really hoping I don't get my fingers, because if so, <laughs> you're going to see me cry. All right. Woo! That was a big one. Yeah. Some of you are like, you should have practiced. I really did. I really did. Some of you are like, I bet that was painful. It was. Like, I'm going to use my other hand now. No, I'm serious. Like, he sets traps. And I'm going to do this one more time because I'm stupid. Uh, I'm going to do Okay. Ow! All right. He sets traps and he throws. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, and he throws darts. That's what he does. He sets traps and he throws darts and he sets traps and he throws darts. And this has affected all of our families. It has affected your past. You now have issues, come on, we all do, of someone who was affected by a trap and a dart. That's why the Bible says, do not... Come in the seat of judgment because you do not understand. You only see from the perspective where you were hurt, but you do not see the trap and the dart and the trap and the dart and the trap and the dart. And all humanity has succumbed to the trap and the dart, and God wants us to avoid them both. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? For us, the enemy wants to deceive us to act in the flesh. Where, again, a cycle of hurt, pain and fear will continue. 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 Let me give you some context about what I'm talking about. First Peter, chapter five, verse eight and nine, says this: "Be sober-minded. Be watchful. That, that, that kind of sounds like "be intentional," right? And that's the series that we're in, being intentional. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith, knowing that this kind of suffering is being experienced everywhere. Like all of the brothers, all of the sisters, everyone is experiencing this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of what? The shield of? Come on. Wanna we'll all say the shield of so let's go back to get church. I remember the song. You know what I'm saying? I got my sword of the spirit shing. My gospel feet are shy. Come on. Standing on the word of God. And then I would. And we get to my faith shield my faith shield my faith shield and here's what I want you to know if you don't have a faith shield meaning there is no way that the darts are not gonna affect you faith is what distinguishes look what it says look at this in all circumstances what does all mean pretty much all okay Deep theological stuff here. Take up the shield of faith in which you can ex- extinguish all of the flaming darts for the enemy. So the enemy is just like, <laughs> okay, you think you're this. And he's just all the time throwing darts and setting traps, throwing darts and setting traps. And if you have no faith, you're getting stuck a lot. Then you feel like you're being beat up by the world. You're being beat up by your thoughts. You're being beat up because when adversity comes, and adversity is going to come, you're going to have. A, you're going to say something to your wife. She's going to say something back, or it's going to be a little snippy, a little, a little, a little, a little, and you have a chance. Is the dart going to hit you or are you going to be, I know you didn't mean that because you love me and God gave you to me and God knew what he was doing. <laughs> like there's, there's. You respond in faith. The car breaks down. You respond in faith. Sure, sure you have to have some money. Sure, you have to do some stuff. But you've got to respond in faith. When things happen, you've got to respond in faith. And if you don't, you're going to be holy, but not in a good way. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Thank you. Three people got my joke. It was really funny. It's because I worked all night on that one. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 26. And that they may come to their senses and escape, escape the snares of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Okay, so let's talk about this. Could the enemy set traps and throw darts and ensnare someone, causing someone who is... Not trying to be evil, but to do the enemy's will. And what is the enemy's will? To destroy and steal and kill. And have you ever been the recipient of someone who acted in a way that maybe they didn't even want to act, but there was a snare and a dart that led them to do that to you? More so, so have you ever done that to Come on, does this make sense? For us, the devil isn't around visiting your bedroom at night. (laughs) Like the devil's not around sliding up under your pillow or being under your mattress. If, can we if we can think just a little strategic what does it say he prowls around like a roaring lion meaning like he is hoping that you are no longer on guard you're no longer run, running with a pack of believers that want to go somewhere you got offended you got a hurt you got alone now you're trailing you're not running through this pasture you're walking and now you lunch it says that the enemy throws fiery darts. I don't know if anybody plays darts, but if the, if the uh, target is right here, you're not. You throw it. So he is from a strategic position, throwing stuff, seeing what hits, and he is not worried about proximity. He's worried about pain. When you set a trap and you have had a mouse or something in caught a raccoon, you did something, you're not there watching the whole time. You set the trap and you go? because you know the trap is enticing enough to whatever you're trying to catch that you don't have to be there present. All you're doing is setting up traps, setting up traps. And so, is that text that just came last night a trap? Is the TV show that you're watching a trap? Come on, you're trying to get along with your wife and trying to make love fill the room, but all of a sudden you watch a movie and it says all of the words that's in this movie and you're trying to produce love, but it produces, all I'm saying is there are traps. You go hang out with these three or four ladies, and all they do is run down their husbands, and run down this, and run down this, and then you leave, and he says something, you know, because he got snares and traps, and all of a sudden, you're like, I oh. don't I'm out. And it's just like that. Come on, a TV show, a bank statement, a health report, a hardship, politics, an issue with family. The goal is to stop the advancement of the kingdom. So let's just talk about it. Each of us would do well to consider the fact that darts are being thrown at us all the time. A dart. So what do we do with these darts? For us, we've got to make sure that we begin to get the Bible into our heart where we can respond with what God says. Okay? With what God says. Where do the darts go? Well, the darts go into buckets. And I'm going to use this bucket as an illustration of your soul. Okay? Each of you Contain memories and moments that have affected you. And the darts are trying to. Sometimes you do really good. And sometimes, Dad says something when you were 12. Your mom said something, someone hurt you, and he got one in. And then you come to church, and you're like, okay, I want to get saved. All things are made new. So in the moment of salvation, God says, okay, you're not carrying that anymore. And he starts to begin to fill us up with life. But we got a problem. I'm just trying to do what God called me to do. And I just keep leaking all over the place. My, my flesh, my, my issues. My, I, was, I, just, I really did try to go to a life group, but they said something to me. And I was just like, you don't know my story? You don't know where I'm from? You don't know about my last marriage? Like, you don't know, you don't know what he did? You don't know what they did? Uh, And this is the problem, is that we want everybody who deals with us to be healed, but with us, we want grace. Come on, does this make sense? And what you've got to know is the buckets contain your ability to give life, to walk with purpose, and to be whole. It's the picture of your soul. And your souls, listen, have been affected by darts. And the goal for the enemy is to puncture so that you cannot house and hold the life and joy and purposes of God. I remember many times in the Bible that we're called, this, this journey that we're on is called like a race. And we're running it. And uh, uh, Devin has challenged me the month of August, like workout every day. I miss one. I just did. I missed one. And uh, and so I've been running a mile. I've been running this mile, mile and a half running. And the weird thing happens when I run. Uh, my body hates me. <laughs> like, like it does. My body hates me. And it's like, why are you doing this? We were so comfortable. There's cereal at home. Stop. (laughs) Stop. You know, and and I got to tell you that at some point in time, you're going to make a choice. Will you allow God to mend your bucket, your soul? Will you make a choice that isn't easy in the moment, but that intentional act will bring healing to your life? See, for each of us. Our responses to life is revealing our reactions to stress and fear and abandonment and and sparks this cycle and I just want you to know that we believe two things can happen with your souls the first is I believe that you can be in a prayer time in a moment with God in a service in a life group in, in a sermon and all of a sudden, it moves from just a moment to a supernatural encounter, and God just begins to seal it. And, and the issue, the, the moment, the whatever, it's just like all of a sudden, God did it. But then there are other times when it's a process, and God want, God's not going to take, listen, I know this, you gotta let me get to the end of this. God's not gonna take all the pain away because some of that pain moves us toward growth and understanding and knowledge, and we begin to dig out for truths because He wants us to share that with other people. Does that make sense? God was not in navigating and choosing my parents to have a divorce or for me to be adopted from a foster home, but yet. That mark on my life and that pain cycle has made me pursue freedom Trying to be a good husband raising a great family trying to have a staff that comes from single parents that like I, I, All of this has been written out and done because of the work that God has had to do in my life And if he just took it all away Then I really wouldn't be able to help people through the process of how to get there come on does that make sense? For us, sometimes we have to allow God to minister and help us maintain the areas over and over again. Because the wear and tear of life causes holes to open back up. Every step that you make towards spiritual growth, the enemy has a game plan to throw a dart at. For us to live free, you're going to have to stay intentional at responding in faith. Responding in faith, responding in faith over your kids, over your marriage, over your boss, over your employment, over your business, over America, over my community, over my church, over whatever, like my job, darts are coming. Now, I can lower that and go, you know what, you're right, it's all. <laughs> Watch the traps. Let's talk about the traps. The goal of the trap is to ensnare you, shame you, and discourage you. That's what traps do. No one posts on Instagram their trap days. Hey, he just failed royally, he messed up a lot. Bought a timeshare my wife told me not to. <laughs> Come on. Don't take the bait. I want to go deeper on this. This, this bait is personally picked. And intentionally picked to capture your attention come on that that lack of respect that you feel for everyone that didn't start in this moment with your family that started when you were four or five years old and now we're responding and we're trying to control situations I just need you to tell you that's up it's a trap it's a trap the fear how much is enough I've got a couple thousand dollars in a savings account. I got a couple thousand dollars in an IRA. I got a couple of this. I got a couple of that. I'm doing better than I've ever done in my life. I'm actually doing better than any of my family, but I am gripped with fear and I get one thing wrong with the car or this or a kid or whatever. The doctor suggests a surgery and all of a sudden (laughs) it's a trap. Come on. And I'm not saying that we don't manage our lives. Please, y- y'all hear what I'm saying. We absolutely manage our lives. But I'm trying to help us avoid the traps. See, if the devil tried to tempt me with Brussels sprouts, I'm iron. I'm iron. Y'all don't even know. No! You try to come in with, come at me with some Brussels sprouts? I'm, I'm not even, I don't even see you. But you walk in with some homemade cookie. Just out of the oven. Some oatmeal raisin. I'm starting to get weak. <laughs> <laughs> the temptation is going to be suited for you. In order for us to live, live free, we got to move away from the traps we all know how it works you put the cheese or peanut butter or whatever on there and the rodent the rat actually thinks I'm gonna get that food and there is no danger they don't look at the trap and go all they think about is what they want And I am telling you that I'm asking you to step back a little bit and look, and is the thing that you're risking really worth it? Is the thing that we're risking, God's giving you a future, God's giving you a plan, God's giving you a dream, God's giving you whatever, but you're about to risk it, oh! Here's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, and no wonder even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. See, what we think could be good may not be that good. Come on, listen, for us. For us to avoid the whack, you got to avoid the trap. And we believe that these... Negative cycles of brokenness and hurt. That's why we want you to find freedom. We want you to live free. We want you to begin to grow in such a way where you're able to recognize what's going on inside of you and pause and not blame everybody else for what you're experiencing. That's why we slow down. And I really believe that in the Bible it gives us three major, um, three major intentional decisions three intentional decisions and i want to give you those because i need you to know listen that there is hope listen to me there is hope for you that god set up a way for us to break free living free requires three intentional decisions here they are what voices are you going to listen to what thoughts are you going to entertain and what choices are you going to make Go ahead and put that cycle up there. This is the cycle that either leads us to freedom or it leads us into bondage and hurt and negative cycles. And so let's, let's look at it. Remember, we're talking about traps and we're talking about, come on, what, what, what? Traps and? Traps and darts. Okay, so here's the thing. When you're hurt, it's going to move you to believing a lie. Believing a lie about the person, believing a b- lie about the problem, believing a lie about God, believing a lie. Then you're gonna move into I can't. I can't because. I can't because I'm not educated. I can't because I don't know how. I can't because I tried. I can't because I. And then ultimately, it's gonna put you in a broken position. But if you can start with hope, then hope will lead you to truth come on what you're feeling in the moment is that true or is it a lie well i'm feeling it well i understand that but what does god say about it what's the truth truth will tell you what you can do the bible says i can do all things through christ who gives me come on what so i can do stuff i it's not that i can't do stuff I can do it. I can overcome the life that I'm living. I can do it. Now, we're not being totally facetious and naive and, you know what, I'm not going to be a brain surgeon. Okay? But my life isn't built to be a brain surgeon. The life that I'm living, God has given me this life and I can do everything I need to do if I lean on his truth, come on, and I walk in his hope. I may not be able to live your life but my life I can do come on does that make sense and then ultimately when I get to, I can do this it's gonna be hard but I can do this we can fix our marriage we can fix our finances I can do this then we're gonna be free and so it doesn't matter if there's layoffs coming it doesn't matter what job happens it doesn't matter because I'm free because you know what I have hope in God Not hope in my intellect or my decisions or how awesome I am or my job or my career. I have hope in God. And I and the truth is that God put this in my heart, and I can do some things, and I'm going to be free from the heaviness of trying. Come on. Does this make sense? So let's dive into this. If you're going to live free, you're going to have to change your voice. Change the voice that's talking in your head. There is a voice talking to you what voice are you focusing on there are three voices that will always be speaking to you the enemy your flesh and the spirit of god the enemy will always accuse you he is the accuser of the brethren come on your flesh will always try to make an excuse for where you're at and God's voice will always bring life into every situation. Even though it may first start out harder than the other two. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Here's what the Bible says. John chapter 10 verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them. They follow me. Here's this idea is that we've got to begin to dial into hearing what God says about us. Well, here's the problem. We won't know what God says if we're not reading God's Word. Because God begins to illuminate His Word by the Holy Spirit. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? He reveals truth. So if there's no truth in us, what is He revealing? The Holy Spirit teaches us the ways of God well how do we know the ways of God you can't accept the Holy Spirit and not put in the Word the Holy Spirit is activated on God's Word so you've got to put it in you so this whole week is seek week we're asking you to read as a church family we're reading first Corinthians the whole book this week read one or two chapters a day read as you can let it read to you on audio but first Corinthians we're wanting to read that as a church body this week because it talks a lot about division it talks about uh, it just has a lot of great things that I think our church at where we're going and people who are coming in it's gonna help us okay the Spirit of God is actively speaking he speaks through his word that's why we that's why we don't read the Bible because of legalism well, you go to a church and they just want you to read the Bible. because You know what? you got to work for salvation. No, 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 no. I'm working to be free. My salvation is secure, but the junk going on in my head is making me fight everybody. So I'm working to get the word in me so the Holy Spirit can activate it so that I can be free. Come on, somebody. He speaks through your prayer time. I would encourage you, pray, come Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, we're gonna have a time of prayer and we're gonna just talk and teach you about how to have prayer, how to open a journal, how to have time with God, how to hear Him. And so I want to encourage you, don't miss, make a choice to come. But here's the thing, God speaks through pastors. And I know that we're in a culture right now that's like, oh, and I just wanna tell you this, Like, none of our staff and none of our pastors are at a place where there aren't holes in the bucket. Here's the difference. We did not pick church work as an occupation. Ephesians tells us that it's a calling of God. And it also tells us that we are going to be judged a whole lot harder than you are because of this office. We have to rely on Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Word to fill up our buckets just like everybody else. But if you're looking for a perfect church, it ain't here. But if you're looking for a church that is willingly submitting to God to fill up our buckets, then here's the deal. Imperfect people can see God do a really perfect work in a lot of lives. Come on, does that make sense? Every time God speaks to you it will be life. It will be life God's voice is wanting to heal the holes in your buckets and move you away from the trap. Here's the second thing We're talking about changing the voice now. We're talking about changing the heart the thoughts We got to change thoughts Some thoughts and I I just want to talk to you real quick, but breaking cycles is a spiritual work that requires action you cannot sit in church, pay attention for like a minute, go outside and think that was enough work for me to build my faith in a moment where a dart is coming. I'm not saying that this moment is not good. This moment is a step. And hopefully I'm, you're hearing the Lord move you just a step into, come on, listen, deeper waters. Our culture is plagued by this and here's what I need to tell you to know. You do not have to think and ponder and meditate on every thought that goes through your mind. I love my wife. We've been married 20 years but sometimes said it there I did I said it sometimes it's even been stronger than I don't like but I know whose thought that is and I know that that's a trap so I've never said it And instead, I take that thought captive because I know what God says about my wife and I know what God says about us. And if I act on that impulse, if I act on that thought, if I act on that dart, if I act in that trap, then here's the deal, something will happen and I will be in a cycle that really does not make me be free, but it actually adds a lot of heaviness and bondage. Come on, does that make sense? Young people you don't have to think every thought of what someone says about you about your ears, about your hair, about your this, you're no good at this, you can't do this like you don't have to ponder and pontificate (laughs) I'm so terrible Ah! God's thoughts are gonna take you somewhere the devil's thoughts are gonna build graves and all you're gonna do is dig lower and lower and lower and now you're in this big cesspool of thought and you're like I need to get out of this pit this is not life-giving. Change your thoughts. Focus on the fact that God wants to fill you up with something powerful. Stop focusing on every one of your holes and focus on His spirit that wants to fill your bucket. Come on, change your thoughts. Here's the last one, and Ben, y'all go ahead and come up, is you're going to have to change the choice. the choice. You're making choices. This trap, come on, is a choice. And the enemy cannot make you put your hand in it. But he can make it look good. Hey. He can make it look really good. But he cannot make you make a choice. You have been given that power. This week... We are making a choice to seek the Lord. And so I'm asking you to give up something, to fast something. For us, we're going to do some, some meals and we're going we're to fast. I'm giving up seven brew this week, so you all know God's moving. And I'm asking you, and I'm not doing it because I'm legalistic. I'm doing it because I, I need to separate all the voices that are calling to me and demanding my attention. And so I'm gonna turn off some social media. I'm gonna do this and I, and you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and insert a little bit more time to God, I wanna hear you. God, I wanna be your sheep that hears your voice. I don't wanna be religious and hard. What are you trying to say to me in this moment? And we're asking you to come on Wednesday night and pray with us and be here and make a choice. Well, I just get off work at 6. Come for 10 minutes late. But make a choice. See, here's the thing. We believe that when we bow our problems and heart and pride to Jesus that's when our faith will start to grow. That's when strongholds, come on listen, start to break. Change your choice. Put God first. Allow the Lord to to be what you choose. Because freedom comes after you make a choice. Freedom comes after that. Choose compassion over resentment. Fear. um, Faith over fear. Joy over negativity. Victory over being a victim. And I, I don't know who is in this place but I just feel like the Lord is telling me there's some people that I don't know if anybody has said it over you but you have thought there is no way I can break out of this. You've thought like a victim. And maybe you were in a church where you came up to a line and got prayer and thought that prayer moment would change everything. But here is what I want you to know. I believe that God can do supernatural things at the altar, but what he will not do is build character. You cannot get your hand someone laying hands on you and pray for you and you get character because character is something you have to build. It's a choice. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.